Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Grief fundamentally changes who we are and how we see the world. It's painful and heartbreaking, but also transformative and magical. This podcast is about grief and loss, but more importantly, it's about life and living fearlessly. I'm Kelsey Chittick, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve. Hello, and welcome back. I'm so glad everybody is here today. Today's always a special day when I have this person on because... She's one of my favorite people, not just in life, but when we are talking about grief, she is the friend that everybody needs to have. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She's super important in my life. She is a host. She's been on Beach Shazam with Jamie Foxx. She was on E! News. She pops on in articles, in and out, but mostly she is just an exceptional human being. She has a voice of an angel. And she is the person that keeps me straight when I get crazy in my head. So I want to welcome October Gonzalez. I call her Toby. I like that. You're super important. I need the world to know. Wow. Voice of an angel, you know, um, I love it. Mostly I'm drinking when I hear her sing, so it might not be as good as I think. (laughs) It's definitely not. But I have Toby on today because of a couple reasons. She knows grief intimately as a child, and she also knows joy intimately as an adult. So one of the things we talk about on this podcast is how are we kind of looking at grief differently and walking through it in ways that maybe people don't think is possible or haven't heard is acceptable. And I want to just start with you telling us your story as a kid and just the number of losses that you had, because some were about death, but some were just about giving up a family that you thought you could have or that you would grow up in. So can you kind of share that? Yeah. I mean, it's, gosh, it's a, to make a long story short, (laughs) I grew up with very wild parents that, you know, found addiction very early on into my childhood. They were musicians and kind of a part of that whole Hollywood crew and part of that you know, the 70s, 80s rock and roll scene where there was they were all invincible. My dad was in the music industry, so was my mother, but got caught up in drugs. And I spent my entire childhood sort of parenting my parents, which is always fun, and being a mother to my siblings. So I, you know, really wasn't allowed to have any sort of childhood growing up. And, you know, my mom was in and out of rehabs and we were sent away you know, multiple times throughout our, you know, childhood. But then one time 
were sent on a plane from LA to Cal, uh, LA to Florida to go live with these, you know, relatives, these distant relatives, all three of us girls, my two sisters and I, and showed up there and they were just really wildly religious and very disciplined. And I found it to be really amazing and lovely because when you grow up with no discipline your entire life, and then you go to even a cultish sort of discipline, which I wouldn't call it cultish, but religion can sort of, you know, resemble cultish things. It was a little bit soothing to my soul as a kid there because I had no guidance. I had no boundaries. I had no sort of just any sort of discipline, which it does mean love. Discipline is love. Boundaries are love. And I had none of that growing up. So it felt good. So I was there for a year and then it turned into two years. And then I went to go see my mother again in LA with the idea that, you know, I was going back to this, these people to live with and do high school with. And they called us, you know, the, a week before school was about to start. And I was about to enter high school. I was 14 years old. And they said, you can't come back. And there was no explanation. We were just sort of dropped back off in LA with a suitcase and one pair of shoes, two pairs of underwear and a jacket. And they're like, figure it out. So my sisters and I had to sort of figure out, my grandmother really had to figure out where we would all go. So we were once again, homeless, essentially, you know, it was just a, it was a big, it was a bunch of tornadoes. My whole life was a bunch of tornadoes just being ripped up and and you land where you land and you hope for the best sort of situation. And I would say that the phone call I got, you know, after my mom had passed, she overdosed when I was about 15 and I was living with another aunt by myself. My sisters and I were split up to into three different places, but the phone call I got the day my mother passed away and overdosed was immensely heartaching. And of course you're sad. The idea of a mother is gone. It's, it's evaporated now. And it, you know, in my case, it was never really solid in the first place. I never really had a mom, but the idea of the mom that I wanted or the idea of what I thought maybe she could be was now gone forever. And that is probably more of what I grieved than her herself, her, her as the mother she was to me in, in my life. I grieved the mother that I wanted and I so deeply needed her to be. So that was... That was hard, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, and we've talked about this, but I always forget, it's such a good reminder when I see you now, that the person you are now is built on a lot of resilience and choice and luck and just circumstances that were out of your control, some good, some bad. Can you talk a little bit about what happens when you lose somebody that it's a relief that they're gone? I don't think we talk about that a lot, but I... I always think when I speak to widows, you know, most widows I talk to are like, he was the love of my life. I can't live without him. I've yet to have the person call and be like, thank God he's gone. (laughs) You know, like, wow, that guy was a hot mess in our lives. But I know they're out there. And I know, I know kids have parents that are addicts or abusive or people die that aren't aren't serving the people that they love. And I, I wonder if that's a tricky feeling when you lose somebody that you loved, but that was not at all what what you needed? And is there, and especially as a kid, is there some relief there as you walk through that? You know, the grief came swift and it came fast and it left swift. Wow. So it came hard and I screamed and I kicked and I cried. 
you know, my sisters dealt with it totally different. My very emotional sisters had no emotion at all. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, me being the tough one, the strong one, you'd assume I was going to be the kid that was like keeping it together. I was strong. I was, you know, unfazed and I was just going to suck it up. But I totally lost it, screamed, cried and and had all my emotions. And then, you know, the clouds sort of lifted. And I thought to myself, holy shit, I get to dictate now what my life is going to be. Mm. She no longer gets to rip me up like the tornado that she was and just, you know, have me just wonder what the hell is going to happen in my life day to day. So I was immensely grateful. And, and, you know, and I'll even say, I, I used to pray that God would take her. Of I used course. to pray that if she couldn't figure it out and all she was going to do was torment our family, my sisters and I, and my grandmother and her father and, you know, my grandfather and just everybody in our family, I would just pray that she would like, just go, go and, and come back and reset or figure it out. But I was, I was like, very willing to let her go in order for, you know, all of us to find a little bit more peace. And even as a kid, I felt that. So in high school, when she died, I literally lit up like a freaking, you know, firework. I was like, oh, I get to like do this. I'm not going to be phased. It's almost like I got a new chapter. It was almost like I got to, you know, when you spend your entire life in, in high school being this person that you don't even know if you like, you're not even sure of who that is. And then all of a sudden you get to college and you're like, Oh, I'm going to be a different person when I go to college. Actually, no one's going to know me there. I get to start fresh. I get to do this. I get to hit restart and I get to be this new version of myself and a version that I've always ever wanted to be really. I just held back because I had to be this other person. So when my mom passed away, I just went all in. When you talk about high school, I I literally made it my goal to make it a dream experience. Like I was basically living in Dawson's Creek in 90210 and in every high school show you've ever seen, like that was my life. And I created it to be that. I was in every musical and play. I played every sport. I volunteered for every single thing. I was, you know, first year in high school was on and for like homecoming queen. I was going to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. I think, people don't realize, but you can take what Toby's saying and you can you can do that at any point with grief because when you lose someone that's integral to your life, good or bad, all the all the positions shift in your life, all the players shift and, and all the things and the ways you've done things all change because one person is no longer here in this realm. And I think making a decision, and I talk about this a lot, on who you want to be, now that this new opportunity, this new chapter, albeit hard, albeit miserable, albeit right. heartbreaking, whatever the whatever your experience is, whether it was a relief that they're gone or that you're actually just on your knees devastated, regardless of that, in the moment that everything switches, everything can switch. So there's these beautiful moments along the way in grief where you go, wait a second, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge of something I didn't used to be because that other person was in charge, whether it's a spouse or a sibling or a parent, there is an opportunity to say, I had some relationship here that had parts of me that I liked and parts of me I didn't like. And I get to, I I get a free pass right now. To start fresh. To start fresh. And I think we forget that with grief because it's so damn painful and it's so devastating. So you did that. And then I know that there's some people that you can also get stuck in wishing it hadn't happened, wishing it was different. And those wish, are- wish you could always stay the same. Like, and you know, those people that hold on to the past or hold on to 
being this image of yourself forever. I just, it's just not the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to stay the same. We're not supposed to be stagnant. Like I look at you, Kelsey, and I'm like, you're a different human being altogether. Like I, I, I can't even believe that I'm like doing and saying and talking and experiencing and traveling with the same person that's in my life. Could have never happened if Nate didn't give us the gift of like yeah. going where he needed to go. Yeah. And I think, I think it, it's, it's really interesting because I believe you can get stuck easily in life. I think hab- habits are formed and we, all, we like to do and say what we've always done and said, and that's just how our brains work and our bodies work because we like to be predictable. So I keep telling people, be predictable about being awesome. Like if you're going <laughs> to be miserable, you yeah. can get stuck there. You might as well get stuck just being a badass. And right. I think you did that. And I think your sisters all had different experiences and that's another podcast, but be very careful in the beginning of grief that you have a North Star, that you are clear on what you want to look like a week, a year, a month, five years from now, because you're actually rebuilding yourself and you've done that brilliantly. And that kind of takes me to the next thing I just want to talk about. And first of all, like, it's just good for me to, even though you're one of my best friends in the world, I forget what you have gone through. And I had a childhood that was the exact opposite of that. And we both ended up similarly walking through the world. So I just want to encourage people that just because bad things happen doesn't mean it's going to be bad forever. And in our culture, we we really do get stuck in grief and we get stuck allowing people to be stuck in it by saying, you can take your time. All that's true, but let's also like do the other side, which is what you've done for me and what I want to really talk about because people always call me or text me or Instagram me. My, I know every widow, I know every dead person in LA and I know their best friends because they ask me, what? <laughs> They're like, what do I do now? And the truth is like, I still don't know what to say to someone when somebody right. dies. I don't know what to say because I've realized the reason that is, is there's nothing good to say. Yeah, but you made it out on the other side. So you're just, they're just like, how did sure. you do that? How did right. you do this? And, and I think how I did it was by people like you and Michelle and my best friends, Karen, Lisa, all the all my friends kept reminding me along the way that it wasn't over and that there that I was gonna be okay. And I think sometimes when I think about friendship, if you want to show up for someone grieving, the best thing to do is be quiet, except when you say things like, you're gonna be amazing. We're going to do this. And talk to me a little bit about, I mean, was that came from what you told yourself when, when your mom died or what made you, you are, I wouldn't say tough love because you always were there for me when I was broken or when I was sending pictures and you still are. If I send, you know, when you have like one scotch and you're like, look at these pictures and I send them over, yeah. you're always very supportive. But there was, the biggest thing you did for me was pull me forward and you said, keep going and you and you include me in everything. That's the other thing I would tell people. The inclusiveness of you and Tony has saved my life because I, for some reason, don't feel like a third wheel with you all. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs that. Like, where did you learn that? Or is that just, that's kind of just you in general. You know, I did learn it. I, I, cause I was included, you know, and mm-hmm. I was treated, I found people and I wouldn't say that, you know, I, I give myself credit too, because I, I was attracted to people that I knew were going to lift me up, that I knew were, were in a better place than me 
whatever that position was. I mean, it sounds really superficial, but I saw the girls with their hair in French braids and clean clothes and, you know, nice minivans that their moms drove when they dropped them off. And I said, I'm going to be friends with them. They get Amen. good grades. They dress well. They're really cool. They're, they're not, they're nice. I want to go see what they're doing right so that I can get a little piece of that, you know, in my life. And so I always, I always, uh, what do they called it? They call it, it's not leveling up, but I always like friended up, up above all. I leveled my friend group much. I, I, they were all out of my, you know, out of my league as far as financial, what I brought to the table, as far as, you know, any experiences or coming over for sleepovers or any of those things. So I had to add my own value. So, you know, my value was funny. My value was fun. My value was, you know, exciting and, you know, just being a good energy. And in exchange, I got to learn about, you know, other people's lives and how I wanted to be and have somebody that I could look up to and emulate as far as like their parents and their, and, you know, just their goals and how they lived and all of that. But I would say that those people growing up that I found included me. I would not be the person I am today if I didn't have little pieces of, of kindness and inclusivity and, people bringing me into their homes. And my mom would leave me at a friend's house and she wouldn't call for a week. And they'd be like, do you need to call your mom? And I'm like, not really. She's also, actually sleeping in, she's <laughs> sleeping in a gutter right now. So oh, I don't you don't know you're me. adopting me. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's crazy because you guys didn't have cell phones and parents weren't so over-involved back then. Mm-hmm. You just kind of stayed until someone said, it's time for you to go home, sweetie. Totally. Yeah. I, I know what that feels like. And that's funny because you create that in your home. People can stay for days and weeks and months. And And some of us do at times, and they do. If if you build it, they will come. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think when you're, and I always think about Toby, for me, the what, the friend she has been is the person who has said, and, and and partly because you've been through it. And I don't know that you have to, but it sure does give you some street cred when you're talking to someone else who's had great loss. Mm-hmm. But you always say, keep going, have new memories, create new experiences. You're a big pusher of travel. And I think, you know, we're able to go and, and do things and go to Europe. But even if you just get out of your neighborhood, even if you just go hike. Talk to new people. Talk to new people. Find people that are thriving and that mm-hmm. are in your 
in your circle of experiences and they are doing well with it. I, I sometimes, somebody asked me on a podcast not too long ago, what do you do? Or I was talking to some therapists and they said, well, what do you do if you don't have a community and you go through grief? And I was like, oh goodness gracious. I, I don't know what to say. Well, what I said is you better create one quick. Better figure that out. And if you do that, there's a ton of resources and there's a ton of places, but really you need about two or three people that let you cry, that mm-hmm. sit silently when you feel really bad for yourself and that they are okay with you yelling at them mm-hmm. if they think that it's not fair and that their life is better and they just hold that space. And then when you're done with your grieving or that moment, they say, all right, let's go, get dressed, keep going. Because what I've found is when, you, when you're grieving and you do new experiences with new people, your brain rewires without the person that you lost at the end of it. So mm-hmm. now you've created a new life and new memories without that person that is making you so sad because you miss them. Nate has never been to Croatia. So when I got to Croatia, I didn't see him anywhere. <laughs> I hear it's so weird. But when I drive around El Segundo, the man is everywhere. Everywhere. My I home- mean, I have been encouraging her to get out of this house that she's in since day one out of her neighborhood. But I know there's a process in that. You can't just rush it for people. And, you know, yes. and I get that. So for me... I can only encourage what I know that I would need and I would need to get up and out and in something that would, like you said, I need to be in a Croatia situation where I'm not seeing and living and breathing all those memories on a daily basis. But this is a process that we have to respect each and every person. And kids too. I think actually the kids need to stay. Yeah, so they have some relationship with their father and some continuity because they're not looking for a new dad. I am looking for a new <laughs> partner, <laughs> so it's a it's a different thing. Yeah, you know, I, I when I think about friendship and we talk about this a lot, showing up and obviously, if for those of you who don't know, Toby was with me in Jamaica when my hus- when I found out my husband had died. So when I say she's been there from the beginning, literally from the phone call. And I just, I think showing up for friends and having a new way of talking about grief and not making it so, letting the person be sad, but also, but like lightening it up if you can, when you can, because there's so much of it you can't lighten up. There's so much devastation. It's so freaking unreal when someone's on the planet earth and then they're gone. It takes your breath away and you need people that can laugh about it. And there's there's just a gift in friendships that I don't think can be underestimated in grief. And I think women have it easier. I always wonder how men do it. And I'll talk to your husband about that on another podcast. But what would you say, what would be your advice to say to people who have newly lost someone? Because I don't know what to say, really. But what would, if you were starting from the beginning and someone's listening that want, that has a best friend who's somebody died, what do you say? What do you, what do, you do? I would say to the friend that, your goal in life is to remind the person that is being, that is dealing with grief or, or something terrible that this in no way is going to define them or be, this is not theirs. This is something that has happened to them. This is not them. This is not who they are. This is something that has happened to you and it's not fair and it's awful, but you have to know that you're meant, you're meant to keep going. You're meant to, to do big things. You're meant to just, this is a huge hurdle that very little amount of people go through. If you think about it, 
I mean, how many people like lose a husband or right. just lose it? I mean, yeah, a lot of people, but in the scheme of things, right. not that many people. Right. You were chosen for this experience to grow from this experience, to go and become something new. And I would say that, I think I told you this. I said, you're amazing. You're going to do amazing things. You're going to cry. You're going to get through it. And you're going to get to the other side. There's no like, there is an innate belief in me that know that knew and knows that you are fine and you're going to be fine. I believe it with everything in me. And I did from the second it happened. I knew that you were going to be okay. I knew that you were going to be strong. I knew that you were going to do the growth that was asked of you through this experience. Experience. I knew. So, and also I, I shook you and sm- had to smack you across the face kind of, or shake the shoulders. Stop it. You know, kind of thing where you're like, you're allowed to cry, but we're going to come out of the hole. Let's yeah. go. And I don't know what comes first, you knowing or me knowing, but you knew your knowing made me know and my mm-hmm. knowing made you know. So yeah. really, really getting clear. And I do think there comes a point where there needs to be some tough love especially when you are younger and you have a life to live and you don't want this to be the story. And that was for you. I'm sure, you know, your sisters have a different experience of it and it, it informed their life in different ways. So I think we have to be so careful that we surround ourselves with people that have us in a direction and are supporting us to go in the direction that we can, because when you're grieving, you are very not adaptable. You can, you take on what people say, like you become what you're told. And so if you have people, and I also, you're absorbing everything. Yes. And I had in-laws too. My husband's parents from day one are like, you're going to love again. You're going to live a great life. We cannot wait for you to be happy. You do whatever you need to do. Get out there and have sex. Like my mother-in-law was like, you find a man that will hold you. And I'm thinking if my son died, would I say that to his wife? I'd be like so sad, but they were so um, honest honest and, and, and supportive of me continuing on. Yeah, but don't wait to find your tribe. And don't wait to find those people. You have to have those people now. You have to have those people solid in your life already to be able to have the support that you really need when when shit hits the fan. Like you don't want to wait to find your tribe when shit hits the fan until after shit hits the fan. Oh no, because you got to crawl around for the first year. So it's hard to find a tribe when you're on all fours just sobbing. I'm like, Um, if you don't wash your hair and put on some mascara, no, we're doing this. Yep. Okay, we only have a little bit left. Tell me what was the, your favorite thing about your mom? Oh, my favorite thing about my yeah. mom? And what do you, what do you miss if anything? Um, you know, I miss, I'm missing something I, I never had, which I think I'm missing. I'm missing that she doesn't get to see her grandkids. Yeah. I think she just would have loved that. I, it's just so weird to me that she'll never know my husband yeah, or like know him and see me or see my, my kids. And the best thing about her was, is probably, you know, the things, the things that I like about myself, sometimes I'll, I'll realize and give my mom credit for, you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I actually am like my mom in that way. And I like that about myself. She told really great freaking stories. I tell a really great animated story. She's, you know, fun and funny. She's a good time, Sally, you know? And I think that energetically, like, I'm so glad that I have those little pieces of goodness of hers. And it, you know, and I miss that she can't be here to see it all. Do you communicate with her at all anymore? 
Do you ever feel her? Do you, or was it too, yeah. were you too young? You do? How does that, no, what does I feel that look all like? The time. I always think about, so when I, if I know you and you're in my life, I like, for whatever reason, take snaps that snapshots of your hands and your feet. Oh, great. That's the worst thing you could do for me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, the worst hands and feet. But I, I'll, I literally have in my mind, every person I've ever loved or ever known what their hands felt like and look like. And with their, like my grandmother's hands and my grandfather's hands and their, like my mother's hands. So I always remember her hands. I remember her teeth. Like, I remember like, you know, the pieces of dirt gum that she would give me from the bottom of her purse, all the things that moms did and the way she'd smell, the way she'd put on lipstick and kiss any piece of paper to blot her lipstick and left them all over the bathroom. So there's like, you know, I think about her and I feel her and I try to remember what her spirit was like her soul was like. And, um, yeah. And it mostly happens just when I'm by myself or I'm an, I'm incredible. I, I, I'm a romanticizer. I'm a nostalgic person. It's like probably my sign in the day I was born, but I'm a Libra and I just I romanticize everything. I'm nostalgic for everything. I feel everything. And so in my mind, she's like, she's already back here and she's like figuring it out and she's yeah. getting the hang of it. Because she sure, certainly didn't get the hang of it when she was <laughs> dicey out of the gates for mom. This life first. ain't for everybody, man. It'll it'll get you. She was a candle in the wind. That's right. And and I do think. How old was she when she passed? Thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. God, she was young. Nate was forty two. And I, I just want us to continue to stop putting life as eighty two years old as successful. It just bothers me because yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm just tired of people. I'm tired of it being okay that people die when they're 82, but anything below 76 is a shame and anything under 50 is just outrageous. And anything under 20 is just a devastation. It's like, what How if many we people live to be a hundred and are were complete oh, assholes their whole life? Yes. And look that's at the, the worst j- life ever. Look at the jails. They're filled. Nobody dies in jail. I'm, I'm obsessed with this idea that no one in jail dies. I don't know how this happens. You would think they would just eventually maybe just, living forever with yourself is torture. Enough. That, it's well, already, you're it's in hell, hell on already. Earth. Well, yeah. that's what I believe. I don't think, I think hell and heaven, we live here. And yeah, where we go is our, it's just love. All my Christian friends are gonna be like, wait, what? Sorry wait, about that. What? There's the no early gates yeah. are not gonna open for you. Yeah, but I do think just keep entertaining the thought that we don't know what this death and this life and all this stuff is about. That's helped me. And I think that helps you stay curious, stay magical, stay wondering and, what it means. Stay connected because we are connected. We are. I am with my mom. You are with Nate all of the time. Of course. Feel them. You're with them. That's how you know that we don't become warm food. This isn't all for no, like nothing. Like if you can feel somebody still here and you can sense them and you can like talk to them and, and you really connect with that, how it's just, it's so much bigger than we could ever fathom. Yes. And I can hear Nate. Feeling of aloneness. Yes. And Nate and I have never had a better marriage than we do right now. We rarely fight about anything. (laughs) He doesn't talk back. He doesn't talk back. He doesn't, he doesn't do much, but I know that he can't because he, he doesn't have a body. Which um, nobody's up there just flipping you off. (laughs) He's just like, look at you go. Thank you for being the best friend through grief. And if you want to follow Toby on Instagram and just see someone living their life, I always remember that she didn't come from that. And she created this life through a thousand good decisions and work and attention to her relationships and to her friendships. And so it's just a good reminder that someone who's been through what she's been through 
can end up where she is, which is just a really giving, loving, amazing friend. So thank you. Thank I you. love you. I'll always pull you forward. You boy, will you ever. And I'll always try to pull you back. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep going. It gets better. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.